0: welcome everybody to this edition of the pac-man podcast i'm ted flint we begin with a report from WorldNet daily and the headline reads evil at its highest level health and human services a whistleblower claims there's a massive cover-up of the risks of these experimental vaccines she works for the hhs the department of health and human services and she's presented video recordings to project veritas of colleagues privately voicing concern about the safety of these vaccines. And she alleges there's a cover-up of evil at the highest level. Jody O'Malley, registered nurse at the HHS-run Phoenix Indian Medical Center in Arizona, told Project Veritas CEO James O'Keefe in a video featuring the recordings that she's seen dozens of people with adverse reactions to the vaccines come to the facility, but the cases are not being reported. Meanwhile, there are cases of of, uh, deaths that have nothing to do with COVID being reported as COVID deaths, COVID-related deaths. There was a a murder-suicide in Colorado, I'll tell you about in a couple of minutes. Both deaths were listed as being caused by COVID. It's unbelievable. We can't believe anything the media is telling us. The government's lying to us for the most part, and the media is covering up the lies. Anyway, back to this story here in, uh, let's see, I said Arizona? Yeah, Arizona. This woman said, you have the FDA, you have the CDC, both supposed to be protecting us, but they are under the government. Obviously, they're federal agencies. So everything we've done thus far, she says, is unscientific. I would agree, not being a doctor, the, uh, the left does not follow the science, only when it suits their agenda or their narrative. So O'Kee- O'Keefe asked her if she is, she's a nurse, by the way, and he asked her if she's afraid of her employer, the federal government and whether or not the feds will retaliate. She says, yeah, I mean, I'm a federal employee. What other federal employees do you see coming out? And then she said she has her faith in God, not in government. Well, that's, that's certainly true enough. But I mean, this is the, the, the uh, misdirection and all the, the uh, misinformation, and frankly, disinformation, being put out there by the federal government. And the media is running interference. Now, there was a headline today, and I'll read you this headline uh, off Yahoo News, Coronavirus death toll in the U.S. eclipses the 1918 influenza pandemic estimates. In other words, the Spanish flu, although Yahoo won't say that because it's politically incorrect. Now, that's misleading. 50 million people perished from the Spanish flu. We had 675,000 die in this country from the Spanish flu. Now we've surpassed that. Coronavirus is if you believe the government's statistics, 675,446 Americans have succumbed to Corona. 50 million people worldwide, according to the CDC, uh, were taken by the the Spanish flu. So that's the equivalent of about 200 million in today's global population. And again, 675,000 of those deaths occurred in this country. Now, there are key differences, obviously, between the uh, between the pandemics, and you've got to take these differences into account. We have modern-day access to better medical treatments, better facilities, and we have the vaccinations, which are, we all know, we're told by the government, are all safe, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, these, these vaccines are still experimental, and I told you this a couple of weeks ago, the uh, Pfizer vaccine that got the headlines, I guess Pfizer has, the FDA has officially uh, given the thumbs up to the Pfizer vaccine. Well, it's not the vaccine that we've been getting. They gave the go-ahead, the thumbs up to another vaccine. It's it's very similar. It's not the exact vaccine that they that we've been taking for a, over a year now. So there's all this, you know, it's all nebulous and cloudy and the government is just not being honest with us and not being upfront. And that's why 80 million Americans are distrustful of the government to the point where they're not taking the vaccines. And they won't, a lot of people. And it's costing them their jobs, frankly. Now, my daughter had an adverse uh, reaction from this uh, second Pfizer vaccine she got over the weekend. She was in bed all day Sunday. She had uh, the chills, severe chills, cramps, her chest hurt her. Uh, Very, I thought, adverse side effects. We're thinking of taking taking her to the doctor if they persisted. But fortunately, she feels better today. But there are some major side effects to these vaccines. I guess everybody knows that by now. The 80 million Americans who are refusing to get the vaccine for any number of reasons. It's their choice. It should be a choice. This is America. But these Bolsheviks who run the federal government under the Biden administration and the CDC and the uh, the NIH, whatever the heck it is, NIH, I mean, these people are are Marxists. They're authoritarians. They want to take the the choice away from us. What happened to my body, my choice? Well, it's now it's my body, their choice. These things, and as far as the numbers, getting back to the uh, I'm skipping all over the place here, but the the numbers from the CDC, about 675,466 deaths. There was a murder-suicide over the weekend, and it was classified uh, as COVID-related deaths. This is from uh, uh, Cheryl Atkinson, who's a great investigative reporter. And she said the totals that we've heard since the start of this pandemic could largely be misleading. This piece in Daily is written by Bob Unruh, and... He talks about the, this woman, Kristen Riley, died with a gunshot wound to her head last year. I said over the weekend, I meant this, is, this happened a year ago, but Colorado officials said the actual cause of her death was COVID-19. Likewise, her husband, Lucas Riley, after allegedly shooting his wife in the head, turned the gun on himself and took his own life. He also died of COVID. That's what the far-left bureaucracy was telling us. This is in a report New report from Cheryl Atkinson, who noted the explanation from Coroner Brenda Bach in Grand County where those two deaths occurred. I had a homicide suicide at the end of November 2020, and the very next day it showed up on the state website as COVID deaths. This is what Bach said. And there were gunshot wounds. So she said, I questioned that immediately because I had not even signed off on the death certificates yet. And the state was already reporting them as COVID deaths. Nowhere in the death certificates is COVID even mentioned, but the state put that on their death certificates. We have a homicide and a suicide, nothing to do with COVID. That's why you can't believe the government. You can't believe Fauci, can't believe the CDC or the NIH or the WHO and all the other alphabet organizations. You, t- you should take everything the federal government, and for that matter, any any uh, level of government says, take it with a grain of salt. A healthy skepticism, I think, is needed if you want to stay alive and you want to stay healthy. Uh, I see the headline over the weekend. Fauci says officials will decide on COVID-19 vaccinations or the recommendation for children ages 5 to 11. It's going to happen soon. Well, I'll tell you what, not in my household. I will decide, my wife and I, will decide if and when our seven-year-old gets a COVID shot. I'm going to say he's not going to get it. And nobody's going to force me into getting that vaccine for my son. It's not going to happen. I will not be forced. And they're talking about a booster shot for these uh, Pfizer vaccines. I've taken my two Pfizer vaccines. I will not be getting a booster. I don't care if it means my job or whatever. It means I can't go to certain stores and Buy groceries or whatever, I'll find a way. God'll provide a way. But I'm not gonna you know, they can they can okay the, uh, the the booster shots or not. It doesn't matter. I'm not I'm done with the shots. There'll be no boosters for the Flint family. There'll be no shots for my seven-year-old. I'll decide. Not not the federal government, not Fauci, not Biden, not Kamala Harris. I'll decide. They can make their decisions for, for kids under twelve. I guess it's going to happen in October. That's what Fauci said over the weekend. It's going to happen in October. Well, that's great. What about gain-of-function, Mr. Fauci? I mean, Rand Paul had him on the hot seat a couple of times. He knowingly provided funding through the NIH to gain-of-function researchers working on this uh, virology lab in, in Wuhan, China. We, we know he did it. He lied under oath. He should go to prison. He should be brought up on charges. Anyway, some school districts, including the one overseeing public schools in Los Angeles, have made it mandatory for children returning to class to get fully, uh, fully vaccinated. The CDC authorized vaccinations for children aged 12 and older earlier this year. Now they're looking to get at your kids even sooner, 5 to 12, or 5 to 11. I hope they give it the green light. I really do, and I hope they try to force us. Something's got to happen. The the, uh, the poop's going to hit the fan here at some point. 80 million Americans have said no. And there's a reason, because they don't feel safe from the vaccines. And you have the government. I just gave you an example there in Colorado. Murder, suicide, both deaths classified as COVID-related. Let's talk about the vaccines for a couple of minutes here and the the effectiveness. There's there's a gap, I guess, between the effectiveness of, well, Moderna and Pfizer to be specific, and the J&J we'll get to in a second. But there's a new study looking to shed light on the uh, COVID-19 vaccine effectiveness. And there's a widening gap between Moderna's and Pfizer's vaccines four months after each vaccine's second dose. 3,600-plus U.S. adults without immunocompromising conditions were enrolled in this study. And I'll just skip to the the numbers here. Uh, Let's see. After four months after the second shot, Uh, I guess, Moderna, the vaccine, 93% effective. The Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine was 88%. Johnson & Johnson, 71%. While the Moderna vaccine's effectiveness dropped slightly to 92% after 120 days of full vaccination, Pfizer's declined significantly to 77%. That figures, I, I got the Pfizer. So, I mean, uh, because only a limited number of patients received the J&J shot more than 120 days before the onset of the illness, its effectiveness was not stratified by time in the study, according to this report in uh, the Epic Times. So th- there's some variations, but not, I mean, still, 77% if you took the Pfizer, still pretty effective, not as effective as Moderna, but Moderna is giving some heart issues to Young males, so uh, you know, pick your poison, I guess. And some of these, some people think these vaccines are poison. Now, personally, I've received no ill effects from the from the vaccines, but I'm not really allergic to too much. I mean, I had some soreness in my the arm I was shot shot in, but that's uh, that's normal. But no, I was kind of tired maybe the next day, but I mean that's that's normal as well. You get a flu shot, you you feel tired and achy for a day or so. A couple of minutes left here. I want to get to this story, which I. I think is extremely important, and I didn't see anything about it tonight. I didn't watch all the news stories, but I was, saw a couple of news reports. By the end of the year, the Supreme Court will hear oral arguments challenging Roe v.ersus Wade. That's why we didn't hear about it, because it's, uh, it's not good news for the left, because the left wing, this is one of their main issues. They think it's vitally important that a woman gets to murder her unborn baby. Nothing else is more important than a woman having that right to take the life of an unborn baby. I don't understand why that's so important to them. It's about a woman's choice. It's, it's demonic is what it is. But anyway, arguments in this case, challenging the validity of Roe versus Wade, which has been around since 1973. Some are saying it's a constitutional right. It's gonna take place in the nation's high court by the end of 2021. I think probably sometime in December, the Supreme Court will hear arguments in the case of Dobbs versus Jackson, women's health organization. Justices had agreed in May to hear the case, but it had not been known before when the case would actually be heard. Mississippi enacted a law in 2018 barring abortions after 15 weeks outside of medical emergencies or the discovery of a severe abnormality in the unborn baby. So this U.S. District Judge Carlton Reeves, an Obama appointee, he struck down the law in Mississippi, said it's, uh, it is it is a facially unconstitutional ban on abortions Prior to viability, and then a trio of Fifth Circuit Court appeals judges later upheld that ruling. And I don't want to read too much of this, but I mean the left saying it's it's an infringement on the woman's right to choose. In a brief to, and of course the right feels differently. Pro-lifers in a brief to the court over the summer, Mississippi A.G. Lynn Fitch, a Republican, said the court should overturn R.V. Wade, the the conclusion that abortion is a constitutional right has no basis in text structure history, or tradition. Pro-life groups have asserted that science has advanced since the decisions of decades ago, and with findings including fetuses or unborn babies may be eligible to feel pain as early as 13 weeks into a pregnancy. Now, we had this case in Texas, the Texas law recently, that's got the left apoplectic all right. We'll talk more about this as the time gets closer. But December 1st, the Supreme Court's going to hear the case, the, uh, the oral arguments challenging Roe versus Wade. It should be interesting. I say we conservatives have a technically a 6-3 to three advantage on the high court, but I don't trust John Roberts. I think it's more like 5-4. And of course, uh, Donald Trump named three pro-life justices to the U.S. Supreme Court. And that's really going to be one of his lasting legacies, I think. We thank God for that. All right, we've got to run. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. If you want to hear this show, you go to the bmgnetwork.com. All kinds of fine programming on the uh, on the network. The Ken and Mike Show. Ken Burns just put up a new show this week. Adrienne Ross does a show. I think her show airs Mondays. We have uh, Kristen Coons with Set Apart. And who am I forgetting? Oh, and this show. The, uh, the program is recorded each Tuesday evening. It's heard... Brand spanking new every Wednesday morning, so you can check it out, the bmgnetwork.com. We have also have columns up there for you, too. I have a column coming out at some point this week. I'm going to write you know, a few, uh, we'll just touch on a few of the the, uh, the days and weeks' top stories at the federal level and at the state level, too. So look for that. It's the PAC perspective. And if you want to get in touch with me directly, it's pacman at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Thanks for tuning us in, Always a pleasure to be here. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.